This is the Brother Marcos headquarters in Sao Paulo, Brazil, calling Christians anywhere in the world. Please respond. This is the Brother Marcos headquarters in Sao Paulo, Brazil, calling Christians anywhere in the world. Please respond. Hello, my friends. Welcome to one more edition of the Brother Marcos Radio Show. We're broadcasting through the airwaves and the data flow of the Kapow Radio Network and Radio Redemption and Power Network. Yes, we have a, we have a new vignette. Uh, we have a new introduction. You know why? Because of an email that I got from Brother Paul. And, uh, and he was talking. Uh, I mean, we were discussing... The kind of work we are doing here. Yes, my friends, because we often do that. <laughs> yes, we meditate. We analyze what we are doing here. And uh, I'll tell you, more and more, we are talking just like, you know, survivors from, uh, after a nuclear war. You know, when they are with their CB radios in the basement trying to contact other survival survivors all around the world that's what we are doing here <laughs> that's what we feel we are doing here because you know my friends more and more we know that the time of Jesus coming is getting closer and closer and this world basically basically they're turning into Sodom and Gomorrah They are worshiping Lucifer and all kinds of evil things. And we are little pockets of resistance. We are little survivors that are scattered all around the world. And uh, just like, you know, beacons of light in this falling world. So, so that's why uh, I have developed this new vignette. I hope you like it. I hope you like it. And, and I hope that really makes you think about it. And about the responsibility, because every su survivor, he is a new beginning. Yes, my friends, that's what you are. You are a new beginning. We're going to have a new beginning in this earth. We're going to have a new millennium. And uh, with the leadership, real leadership of Jesus Christ, we're going to talk about leadership today. So it's interesting that for us to, to, to remind ourselves that the real leader in the millennium will be Jesus Christ. And we're going to help them. We are going to help them to bring this world to a real time uh, of harmony and peace. Okay, not, not the peace that the world gives, but real peace from the Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ. So, my friends... In this process of thinking about our work here, uh, I was wondering, it would be great if we could give some uh, inspiration and encouragement for these survivors <laughs> that listen to our show all around the world, in Europe, in Slovenia, in the United Kingdom, in South Africa, in Mexico, in the United States. Uh, all over the world, we know that we have people listening to this show. And I would like to encourage you a little bit, because I'll tell you, Christianity today, churchianity, you know, the religion of the Chizits deity that has nothing to do with the real Jesus of the Bible, it's basically a new age religion. It's a, it's a religion, my friends, that tells you that you have to live like a leader, that you have to be super successful. You are a winner, okay? And then you go to church to give money and receive peace of mind. Peace of mind at any cost, okay? People will just tap you on the head and say, well, you're doing fine. You just meditate. You ju just do contemplative prayer, Until you hear a voice from the spiritual realm and you're going to have this bliss, this feeling of peace, of well-being that will flood your soul. You know, that's what they do now. But this is a new age religion that is totally contrary to the religion of the, the Bible, the religion that Jesus Christ taught us, which is based in truth, 
okay? And uh, you know, in that religion, the last will be the first. You have to become a servant and not a leader. Oh, yeah, that's surprising because it really sounds like another completely religion, doesn't it? Oh, yes, my friends. And sometimes Jesus says that he came not to bring, bring peace of mind, but a sword. You're going to have trouble. You're going to have tribulation. That's what Jesus said. It has nothing to do with the false bliss and peace of mind that the new age Christianity is promising you now. But I'll tell you, my friends, you can, maybe you are just wondering, but what should I do? You know, what should I do if I have to reject all these false teachings? How how can I live? How should I live as a Christian? So the idea here in the next, next couple of programs is to bring to you some tips, some insights about how to live as a Christian. Okay? So basically, we are going back to some... Uh, some teachers you have to go back you have to go to to the last century or to the 19th century in order to get good teaching unfortunately and uh, so that's the idea here but before before we do that let let's just you know take a look of about all the crazy things that are happening in the world it's interesting because i mean we have the information that I want to bring to you. We see here that Jer Jerusalem will host Israel's main gay pride parade. Oh, yes, my friends. It's not Tel Aviv anymore. We have here, we have here the fulfillment of a prophecy from Revelation 11.8 that tell us that last day Israel would become, especially Jerusalem, would become Sodom and Gomorrah. That's the synagogue of Satan, of the false Jews. Oh, yes. And it's very sad that so many Christians, they basically worship the state of Israel. Okay? I'm not talking about loving the Jews. We should love the Jews and pray for their salvation. And uh, I, I really wish them the best. They're great people, very smart, very intelligent, blessed by God in every way. But unfortunately, their religion of Kabbalah has destroyed that nation, that people spiritually, because it's basically witchcraft. You cannot deal with it. witchcraft. And expect it not to have any consequences. There are consequences. Okay? So they're moving from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. Oh, yes. It's here. It's here. And uh, they're saying here, you know, problems, uh, you know, criminals stabbing people. I mean, can you imagine what's going to happen there? The Muslims, they will not like that much. You know, although Jerusalem is both Israel's capital and its largest city, its gay pride parade is much smaller than the one in Tel Aviv, which has a large LGBT community and prides itself on its tolerant environment for anal sex and all kinds of depravity. Okay, the last words I added to the te text, okay, it's from the Times of Israel newspaper. But now, the decision has been made to move the main parade to Jerusalem, okay? This is basically the fulfillment of this prophecy that says that Jerusalem will be Sodom and Egypt, okay? Sodom is the symbol of depravity and immorality, okay? That's the gay parade. Egypt is the symbol of false religions and idolatry, which is the Kabbalah. So they're both together in Jerusalem now. Okay? So the next time that 
you put that flag with a, a code hexagram in your Facebook profile, okay? Or, I mean, don't do that. Think about this, okay? That's the preparation, my friends, for, for the coming of the Antichrist. They're going to receive the Antichrist there. He's going to sit on the temple. The two witnesses are going to testify against him in Jerusalem, and they will be killed there, and people will rejoice, and they will offer gifts to each other, and they will have a big, big gay party. Okay? Okay, my friends, another one here, the shack. We've been talking about the shack. The shack basically is a demonic book that is now a movie. People love it. It's amazing because it really promises that there's no judgment. Everybody's going to be saved. You don't have to change your life. You don't have to believe in Jesus Christ. You just live your life. You just enjoy your sinful activities. You do whatever you have to do. And you're going to be saved because God is this big mama. Oh, yes. And that's Paul Young, the author, who said that if hell really exists, then Jesus is more evil than Nero and Hitler put together. Oh, yes. Because Paul Young, he decided that God is a liar and that he found out that everything in the Bible is, is a lie. But you would think that all the Christians would reject this horrible book. But, my friends, here he is. He's going to have his own show on TBN. The Trinity Broadcasting Network has seen fit to provide the Czech author William Paul Young with the largest, with world, world's largest Christian, quote-unquote, stage. His very own television series on TBN. It's going to be called Restoring the Shack. Masterfully produced episodes on location in beautiful Montana. I wonder if they're going to have cowboys there. Cowboys, oh yes. I guess that, that, that's the place where, where that, that guy <laughs> that says that you're not saved if you're not a member of the church lives. I think it is. Sydney, Montana. Yes, you know, the TBN hosts, there's a woman here. She had more plastic surgery than a survivor from, from a fire. I mean, <laughs> they're, they're all the same. They're all the same. TBN, my friends, don't watch that garbage. That's pure heresy. And you see... It's proof that Trinity Broadcasting Network is involved with the promotion of everything bad, okay? And uh, why should you watch it? Don't do it. Another one here. Do you remember that guy, Jonathan Ken? Jonathan Ken, the, the, the rabbi, the Kabbalist rabbi that, you know, he does the hand gestures of the Kabbalah to curse people when he's speaking. He does that. And But he was, he is regarded as a great prophet. It doesn't matter that his prophecies about the Shemitah, about the end of the world, about the, the signs in the sky, the astrology and everything that he loves, they didn't come to pass. All lies. I'll tell you, if this Jonathan can... He lived in the Old Testament times. He would have been stoned, killed, because he's a false teacher and a false prophet. Okay, my friends, he's into Kabbalah and he's deceiving everybody. Anyone can see that. Okay, and but now I'll tell you, his mask fell off. And uh, he has a new book, and his new book is The Book of Mysteries. It says here, enter a life-changing journey to uncover the mysteries of God, the secrets of the ages. It's interesting that Jesus Christ said that, you know, 
he always taught in the 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 light of the the day in the daylight in front of everybody there are no secrets okay the bible is enough for your sanctification for your daily christian life but he says here that he has in a very gnostic fashion okay because this is gnosticism this is special revelation this is a kind of a spiritual knowledge that it's only private to him okay and he says he's gonna give you the hidden keys to open the doors of a life of joy blessing and the fulfillment of your destiny yes my friends the liar that brought brought you the harbinger the book that said that america is basically the new israel and the other one, the mister of the Shemitah that said that the world was going to end. And he was completely wrong. But it doesn't matter. Because he's called to talk in the Congress. I think it was in the Congress. Okay? In churches, he's honored like a great prophet of God. Even though he's a liar. And a false teacher. But you know here. Now my friends. He's gone. Completely new age and occultist. <laughs> here it is. Oh you have the devotions. Okay. It's a devotional. Okay. Because the devotionals. I have told you this over and over. It's a trap. Okay. Because you have a th 365 texts there. That we will enslave you during <clears throat> a whole year. You're not going to read the Bible by yourself so you can understand the truth by yourself. So the Holy Spirit can teach you truth. No, you're going to be trapped in this book for one year. But you see here, it's basically, it's just like a Paulo Coelho, the alchemist thing. Okay? It's a journey. I, I mean... It even reads like a New Age book. The book of mysteries opens up with a traveler and his encounter with a man known only as the teacher. That, that's Lopsang Rampa. That's the Buddhist monk. That's a guru. The teacher takes him in an odyssey through desert mountains, valleys, gardens and plains. Encounters with nomadic tent dwellers, caverns, ancient ruins. <laughs> Come on, my friends. Chambers of scrolls. You see here, it really, this really sounds much like the Akashic records. You know, things that occultists believe. They, they believe that you have a, a library in the spiritual realm where you have all the knowledge of the universe there, it's basically Gnosticism. You know, if you are very developed in your Gnosticism, you can go there and read all the secrets. The reader is taken along to partake in the journey, you know, all the teachings and revelations. Okay? 30, 365 different mysteries. I mean, come on, my friends. I mean, it's completely into occultism imagine if you discovered a treasure chest in which were hidden ancient mysteries revelations from heaven secrets of the ages secrets of the age it's an expression for theosophy from luciferianism you know lucifer the light bringer is going to bring the secrets of the ages to the initiate the answers to man's most enduring age-old questions. And the hidden keys that can transform your life to joy, success, and blessing. This is the book of mysteries. It's, a, it's all about success, making money, being a leader. Yes, my friends. Yes. No talk about salvation. 
No talk about carrying your cross. This is another gospel. May he be accursed. He's anathema. That's what Jonathan can false teacher is. Okay, but they will say, well, this is fiction. This is just fiction. Come on. Jesus used fiction to teach truth in the parables. Fiction has been used for 3,000 years as a way to teach ideas. Okay? Now, see here, this, this reads like Harry Potter. The, the reader will discover life-transforming secrets, mind-blowing realities, heart-changing revelations in such mysteries as the facing the waters, the leper king, the land of Gizara, the secret of the third prince, the house of spirits. Uh, come on. The mystery of the eighth day, the mystery of the second scroll, and much more. Come on, my friends. I, I, I'm going to post this on our Facebook page, Brother Marcos Radio, at facebook.com, and also on the Fifth Hook Media at facebook.com. So you can read this because it's amazing. <laughs> I mean, come on. People, you know, churchianity is so rotten that this guy, this guy here, he presents himself as an occultist and he is regarded as a great prophet of God. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. But, you know, they are now in fashion. Oh, they are. We, we have now this guy here. You know, he is the hipster Kabbalist. Yes, the hipster Kabbalist. His, his name, this guy here, his name is, um, where is Meir Kalmanson, Meyer Kalmas, you know, he was born into the Chabad Lubavitch movement. Okay, I'm reading from the Arutz Sheva, IsraelNationalNews.com. He's here. Eva. <laughs> Yes, my friends, he is Mir Kalmanson. He comes from the Chabad Lubavitch movement. You know what the Chabad Lubavitch is? It's those guys that live in Brooklyn. And, you know, the ones that they worship, the Rabbi Meldonson, the guy who died, and they said he was the Messiah. And they stayed by his coffin for, for three days, waiting for him to resurrect. But he didn't rise again. He's dead. And they're like the most evil Kabbalah sect there is. Okay? It's total witchcraft. I mean, it's even worse than the than usual Jewish mysticism. This is heavy black magic and that's that's the kind of thing that trump's daughter and, and that and his uh, son-in-law law, they're involved with these guys you know i mean come on and you know what they're doing they found this guy he's very charismatic this mayor kalmanson and uh so what he does, he has lots of uh, of YouTube videos, and and he's very charismatic. It's much like Justin Trudeau. I don't I, I, if if Trudeau he was if he were a Jew, he would be this guy, okay? And he talks about being positive, 
Your life is going to be great. You're going to have success today. You know, you're going to have joy. And because he's so charismatic, people watch those videos and they believe in that. And those videos make them feel good. But you know, once a week, he posts a video about Kabbalah. So first, there's the bait. Okay? And then the hook will get you. Oh, let me, let me check what this guy has to say. And then he starts to teach some Kabbalah here and there. Okay? So that's what they're doing. So watch out, my friends. He's got like millions upon millions of YouTube uh, followers. This guy, Meir Kalmanson. Okay? Hasidism. Ultra-Orthodox Hasidism. The largest and fastest growing Jewish organization in the world. It's basically Luciferianism. Okay? They, they worship the Ein Soft. Ein Sof is, is the god of the Kabbalah. It has nothing to do with God Jehovah from the Old Testament. Okay? It's another god. It's Lucifer. Stay away from this. Stay away. Yes, my friends, that's it. We have meditation for kids. Oh, yeah. Mindfulness, meditation. Techniques being used in classroom. Oh, yes. Yeah, I, I want to stop here for a second and wish, you know, happy birthday and a great year for Heather. Heather, we love you. We really appreciate what you have done, the way you have fought yoga in the schools. God bless you. But you see, the devil never stops. And now he's bringing mindfulness and meditation techniques in the classroom all across the country. Uh, yes. Now they have this bogus study from University of California. And the non-profit organization, Mindful Schools, you see, uh, no bias here. <laughs> it's, it's a study from an NGO called Mindful Schools that shows mindfulness triples students' ability to focus and participate in class activities. <laughs> That's bogus science. But there, you know, they are teaching deep breathing. Like you breathe really slowly. Okay? Meditation. You know, the kids are upset. They're nervous. So you make them stop and they start to breathe. That's what they do. You know, until they're very open to demonic influences. Because, my friends, there's a natural barrier a natural defense that God has given each one of us, even the pagans. But you stop messing with that, with occult activities, this barrier goes down. And soon those children will be seeing things, shadows, spirits, imaginary friends, voices in the head. And people say, well, it's, it's just a child thing. You know, imaginary friend. It's so cute. Yes, my friends. That's what we are seeing. That's what we are seeing right now. You know, we are immersed in a world that loves occultism. Lucifer. Occult practices. Okay? And many in the church, they are teaching. You have to be Joyful, a leader, a winner. I'll teach you to be a winner in our church. First, give me the money because I need to be a winner first. And then I'll teach you to be a winner. It's just a Tony Robbins seminary. Because Tony Robbins, you know, that he does meditation too. You know, he's super smart, a millionaire. But he does his occultism. 
Okay, because you need to have peace of mind. So you go to Anglican Church of North America, and you ha can have your contemplative prayer and your rosary, your rosary beads, your candles, okay? Until a demon gives you a false sense of bliss. Because you think that that, that only happens in New Age Christianity. It happens in Hinduism all the time. You know, that's why people go to see the gurus. Do you think they're so stupid? Because, you know, they feel something. They, they feel something good. Of course, later they feel a horrible depression and they want to kill themselves. But at that time, specific time, in front of the guru, you know, some gurus, they, they even can make you, you know, smell flowers. They do that. The devil has his tricks, okay? And I'll tell you, my friends, it's so sad. It's so sad because it's all around us. And I, I told you that I was thinking about going to this church here, Baptist church nearby. I have been there a couple of times. And, and I thought, well, that's a good church. At least they have a, a message about they're reading from the Bible. But you know what they're doing? They're bringing the Global Leadership Summit to Brazil. That's what they're doing. It's all about being a leader. I'm a leader. I'm going to teach you to be a leader. And you go there to their Facebook. It's all about, you know, you're going you're gonna to be a successful at work. It's hard. To deal with the pressures of being a father, a mother with children. And you're going to have problems with your boss. But if you come here, we're going to teach you how to be a leader. So, my friends, that the emergent church that's weak warring using the ideas from the management gurus, Peter Drucker. You know, they, they do that. They promise you success in this life. You know, it's not about losing your life to gain your life. It's not about carrying your cross. It's about going to church to get something. Like Tony Robbins, he sells the formula of success. You go to the church and they will tell you how to be successful. It's not about salvation. So, well, I mean, uh, you know, uh, they still talk about the Bible here and there, you know, but it's like Brother Paul Kapal says, it's a poop sandwich, you know, because it's just a little, just a little leaven to spoil the whole dough. It's just, just a little, my friends, just a little poison It's enough to kill you. It doesn't matter the 90% of things that they say there sound Christian. Okay? And they brought, the, brought these guys here. You know, the Sunday morning that I thought, I'm going there. I'm, I'm going to check that church. Well, they were having a Mormon person. Chris McChenney, I think, Chancey, something like that. And he was there. You know, let that sink in. In a Baptist church, Sunday morning, he was there teaching leadership. Mormon guy. Okay? Yes, my friends. You know who invented this whole thing? Willow Creek Church Senior Pastor Bill Highbells. The, the, you know, that's the guy that, that, that we call Hellbells because he's complete heretic. And, uh, you know, in the United States, they have the big, big conference, the summit. They call the Global Leadership Summit. And they bring people like Bishop T.D. Jakes. Oh, yes, that's, that's the guy, <laughs> you know, that supports the LGBT churches. You know, that's the one that coaches New Age follower Oprah Winfrey. 
about how to present herself as a Christian. T.D. Jakes, they, it's interesting that a couple of weeks ago they, they, they said that he, he was dead. I'll tell, I'll tell you, if he's alive, his soul is dead. Okay? And they have people. It's for pastors, okay? It's, the idea is that you teach the pastors, and the pastors will turn their churches from uh, Bible-believing churches to leadership centers. Okay? And uh, it's here. Our cause, a global mission for a global church. It's all about the global religion of the Antichrist. You know, you have no dissenters. You have no different opinions. Everybody must think alike. Okay, they have their manuals, their training courses and everything. People, they like to travel. Oh, the pastors here in Brazil, some of them. They love to go to the United States and spend a week there. Nice. Nice. Nice trip. Oh, yes. And you have people like Stephen Furtick. This is another complete heretic teacher. Brian Houston. Brian Houston, of course, is, is the leader of the Hillsong Church. The, the, the church founded by a by a pedophile, his father. You have Tony Blair. Tony Blair, he's a new age mystic. You know, he used to be the, the, the leader of the United Kingdom. But he was totally in, in, into new age. His wife, he, I mean, basically she's a witch. Mystic Mama Maggie Goberan. Well, you go there and watch a mystic talk. You go there and watch a Mormon tell you what you have to do with your church. And then the church will tell the followers what they have to do with their lives. Catholic filmmaker Mark Burnett. Well, that, that's what they're having on. Okay? And then you see, for example, Willow Creek. Okay? That's, that's the church that is sponsoring all this thing. They have a thing called the practice, blending New Age and Catholic mysticism, because that's the idea, okay? This whole occultism thing comes from Catholicism, from the desert fathers, the monks of the desert, Teresa de Avila, her ecstasies and trances and, and the contemplation prayer and things like that. And this guy here, is the son-in-law of Bill Hellbells. His name is Aaron Nyquist, or Nyquist. And he posts things like this. This fall at the practice, we're learning how to align the rhythms of our lives with God's eternal rhythms. I mean, that's basically, my friend, occultism. That's alchemy. Okay, that's panentheism. You believe that there are some vibrations in the universe, and then you have to align your own rhythms or vibrations to the same tune. If you do that, then the energy, the prana that permeates all the universe will enter your body and gonna be strong and successful and everything. Yes. Nyquist is also the worship pastor at Willow Creek Community Church. And he calls a Jesuit priest his spiritual director. It's just New Age. Just New Age. What can we do? What, it, 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 I mean, if you go there and, you know, listen to, to uh, David Icke, or any kind of a new age teacher, he's going to tell you exactly the same thing here. Okay? Rick Warren also blogged last spring that Jesus teaches unforced rhythms of grace. You know how subtle they are? That, that's the way that the snake, the serpent, works. Very subtle. They have things like the transforming center, strengthening the soul of your leadership, 
there's a, a, woman, a, a woman here, Ruth Haley Barton, you know, finding my voice, experiencing transformation in community, observing Lent, see what we are missing from the Catholic Church. We're missing things from the Catholics. Yes, my friends, you know, what can you do? Because that's what the, the churches are teaching. That's what the churches are teaching. Be a leader. Come here. I'll teach you to be a leader, to make money and be very successful. You're going to have lots of peace of mind. But you're not carrying your cross any, anymore. Okay? It's all about you. And you do your meditation. You do your occultic practices. Your yoga. And you're going to be fine. You're going to be a winner. Your life is going to be wonderful. I mean, what's the difference between this new Christianity and, and, and a new age place? It's the same, same thing. Same thing. Exactly the same thing. Okay. We're going to stop for a minute. And when we come back, we're going to talk about what should we do as a Christian. Because we have been dealing with the lies. And now we'll check a little of the truth. In a recent double-blind study from the Institute of Prophetic Studies in Southern California, researchers concluded that humans who listen to the Freedom Friday Hour with radio hosts Paul and Linda Villanueva on the Kapow Radio Show Network were 111% more intelligent than their reptilian counterparts who did not listen to Freedom Friday, but instead were busy destroying mankind. Researchers also concluded that Freedom Friday listeners were better looking than their four-eyed, two-legged, freestanding Gila monster, turtle-faced reptilian counterparts. So share your good looks and smarts with others by telling them to join you here on the fabulous Freedom Friday Hour. Your human friends will thank you. The Kapow Radio Show Network produces high-quality podcasts that you definitely want to hear. So stick around and get prepared to stimulate your spirit. All right, my friends, we are back. We are back. And uh, I would like to introduce you to a guy that was born in the 19th century. And uh, he gave us, there, there, there is an article here with some of the great marks of a born-again Christian. The name of this guy is J.C. Ryle used to be a leader in the Anglican Church. Oh, yes, the Anglican Church once, a long time ago, two centuries ago, they used to teach good things. Not now anymore, <laughs> but, you know. So there is this very interesting article here was published in the Popity and Pen website that I'm bringing to you, okay? If you are born-again person... What are, what are the signs in your life? Okay. First of all, I would like to say we are all imperfect. Okay. We're in the process of sanctification, my friends. So it's not that you're going to be perfect. I mean, you're never going to be perfect on this earth, in this side of heaven. But you're going to see improvement. Okay. So... Uh, I, I like to take this with a grain of salt, okay? It's not that you're going to see all these signs in the perfect way in every believer, okay? Because the believer is like a baby, and then he's going <clears> to <throat> improve uh, as he goes on with his sanctification and following Jesus Christ. Because it's all about, my friends, it's all about following uh, and being attached to the true vine. As long as you're in submission and obedience to God, 
you're gonna improve, okay? So first of all, is no habitual sinning. And we are seeing such a difference between Christians and the rest of the world because the world now says you can sin, sin just, you know, you can see how much you want to sin. doesn't matter. You can sin a lot. You can do whatever you want. Do what thou will shall be the whole of the law. That's the motto of the Satanists. Okay? But John writes in 1 John 3, Whosoever is born of God does not commit sin. So the idea here, my friends, is that you're not sinning anymore. Or if you're going to sin, that's going to bother you. That's why I have a problem when I see those Christian leaders that are caught, you know, stealing and doing wrong things. And I mean, if you're a real Christian, the Holy Spirit is going to bother you. Okay, you're going to do this, this thing that is wrong. You're going to feel bad. You have your conscience all the time pointing the error to you. Okay. But these guys, it's like they have no conscience at all. No awareness of sin. It doesn't bother them. Okay? There was probably a time when the Christian did not think about whether his actions were sinful or not. And he did not always feel grieved after doing, doing evil. There was no quarrel between him and sin. They were friends. But the true Christian hates sin, flees from it, fights against it, considers it his greatest plague, resents the burden of its presence, mourns when he falls under its influence, and longs to be completely delivered from it. That's it, my friends. It's not that you're going to be perfect, but it's going to bother you. Okay? Remember, if we say we have no sin, we would be lying. 1 John 1, 8. Okay? We cannot say that I'm perfect, I don't sin anymore. But I can say that I hate sin. And that my great desire for my soul is not to commit sin at all. We cannot prevent bad thoughts from entering our minds. Okay? But we can prevent these thoughts to become reality. Okay? Oh, yes, my friends. That's one of the main signs of a real Christian. Seeing is going to bother you. Number two, I, I think that should be number one. Believing in Christ. John wrote... Whosoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. A man who is born again or regenerated believes that Jesus Christ is the only Savior who can pardon his soul and that he is the divine person appointed by God the Father for this very purpose. And beside him, there's no Savior at all. In himself, he sees nothing but unworthiness. There's nothing in me. But he has full confidence in Christ. And trusting in him, he believes that his sins are all forgiven. Guys, the people in the world, they don't care. They don't give a dime about Jesus. They talk a lot about Jesus. Oh, Jesus was a great master. Oh, Jesus was so good. He was nice. He would never judge me. You know, the mama God from the shack... Never judges anyone. Oh yes, my friends. And I'll tell you, faith comes from God. And that's something. I was discussing with a friend this week. Even if you don't have a sign, my, my friends, God is not talking to you or anything like that. It's just one day after the, the other, hardship, tribulation. You know? That's like a fixed idea in your mind, in your heart. Jesus Christ. He's there. I don't know what's, what's going to happen in my life. 
but I have assurance of salvation. I know he's there. Don't try to understand why you have this faith, because it's a gift from God. You would never get to that point of having this faith in Christ by yourself. I just read this very good book about philosophy. I loved it. It's called Consolations of Philosophy by a guy named Alain de Bouton. Great book. Montaigne, Schopenhauer, Socrates. Very entertaining. But you know, in the end, they don't have any answers. They don't have any metaphysical answers. They have advice, they have insights, things that you should do with your life that would make your life easier or make you feel better, but they don't have any answers. Okay? So accept the faith that God has given you. It's a sign of a real born-again believer. Practicing righteousness. Yes, my friends, even. It's just like Lot, the cousin of Abraham. He was there living in Sodom and Gomorrah. I never, I never, I never remember which one. I mean, he was in the middle of the filth. Okay, he he was in San Francisco, in Tel Aviv, the the friendliest gay cities in the world. <laughs> São Paulo is number three. Can you believe that? I do. Just walk around here of Paulista Avenue and you see why. Well, anyway, I digress here. You know, he was hurt, suffering his soul because of all the depravity and evil that he was seeing every day in Sodoma and Gomorrah. Yes, my friends. We have this longing for righteousness. John writes, 1 John chapter 2, verse 29, Everyone that does righteousness is born of him. The man who is born again or regenerated is a holy man. He endeavors to live according to God's will, to do the things that please God, and to avoid the things that God hates. He wishes to continually look up to Christ as his example, not only his Savior. But see here, it's both. Okay, because the Spiritists here in Brazil, they call themselves Christians because they see Christ as an example. They do a lot of good works, but they don't see Christ as Savior. You need to do both things. Otherwise, your good works will be regarded by God as filthy rags. You're doing that, you know, just to excuse yourself to buy your salvation. And not because of true God's love in your heart flowing out, outward. Okay? He knows he's not perfect. He's painfully aware of his indwelling corruption. But he does not consent to it. Though he cannot prevent its presence. Okay, Though he may sometimes feel so low that he questions whether or not he's a Christian at all, he will be able to say with John Newton, I am not what I ought to be. I am not what I want to be. I am not what I hope to be in another world, but still I am not what I once used to be. And by the grace of God, I am what I am. You see, there's a difference. You don't like unrighteousness. You don't, you don't like iniquity. It makes your stomach turn when you see those things. Loving other Christians. We know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. A man who's born again has a special love for all true disciples of Christ. Like his father in heaven loves all men with a great general love. But he has a special love for those who share his faith in Christ. You see, my friends, why the teachings of leadership and selfishness that we see in the emerging church 
today, they are completely the opposite of this. It's all about the person, the success, being a leader. You know, even people who have their ministries, it's like they are idols to them. It's all based in, in pride. Okay? Loving other Christians, caring about the others, just picking up the phone and calling people. How are you doing? Are you okay? Do you need something? Overcoming the world. Number five. Whosoever is born of God overcomes the world. A man who is born again does not use the world's opinion as a standard of right and wrong. We renew our minds. We have the mind of Christ. We start to think in a different way. We start to see things in a different way. You have discernment. That's why people hate us. Because they are all excited about something. You go there and say, well, can't you see this? This is evil. And they, party pooper. I hate you. I was feeling so good. I had peace of mind. I had bliss in my mind, my soul. And now you are you come here and you you say they have overcome the world and you're seeing evil things everywhere. Yes, but what men think or say no longer concerns him. He overcomes the love of the world. He finds no pleasure in things which seem to bring happiness to most people. Oh yes, my friends. I tell people I hate carnival. They don't believe me. I don't like the samba. I don't like to, you know, just enjoy your caipirinha, your pinga, your liquor, and just, you know, enjoy that music and that dance. I hate that. And they don't believe me. They say, oh, you're a hypocrite. You're a Pharisee. No, I don't like it. You know, there was a discussion this week about Lollapalooza, the rock show concert that they have in many different parts in the world. And they had it here in Brazil. And an evangelical leader, a singer, you know, one of the more of those money makers, horrible people who only want money and use the 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 bible to make money she was there in the lulapalooza and some people were saying well she should not be there of course she should not be there but you know many many christians were saying you're pharisees you're hypocrites and i had to answer one of them and say i am not a hypocrite you don't even understand what the word hypocrite means If I said that you should not be at the rock concert, and if I myself would go there, I would be a hypocrite because I would be saying one thing and doing something completely different. But I don't like it. So if I don't like it anymore, I'm not a hypocrite to say you should not be there. You see? Because I have overcome the world, as you have. But you're going to offend people. Okay? And people don't understand this. If you want to go there, just ask God to take away this desire from my heart and He will do it. Maybe it's going to take some time. The same thing about gay people. They don't believe that God can change their hearts. They, they think, no, I was born this way. I'm going to be this way for my whole life. I'm going to die this way. Because they don't have faith that God will change and He does. So the man who overcomes the world, he loves God's praise more than man's praise. He fears offending God more than offending man. It's unimportant to him whether he's blamed or praised. His first aim is to please God. Finally, keeping oneself pure. John wrote, 
he that is begotten of God keeps himself. A man who is born again is careful of his own soul. He tries not only to avoid sin, but also avoid everything which may lead to it. He's careful about the company he keeps. He doesn't go to the Lulapalooza, you know, to mingle with people who are doing drugs and having sex with everybody. He knows that evil communications corrupt the heart and that evil is more catching than good. Just as disease is more infectious than health. That, that's a great saying here. You see, you have to go to the 19th century to read things like that, my friends. Oh, yes, evil is more catching than good, just as disease is more infectious than health. Excellent, excellent saying. He's careful about the use of his time. He desires to live like a soldier in an enemy country. Oh, yes, that, that was great. I like that vignette. I'm going to keep it. We are soldiers in an enemy country. We're survivors. To wear his armor continually and to be prepared for temptation. He's diligent to be a watchful, humble, prayerful man. These are the six great marks of a born-again Christian. He's excellent. Excellent. But remember, my friends, you can only have those these six marks not by your strength you have been saved by grace you're going to live by grace it's a gift from god okay don't boast the true vine john 15 i am the true vine my fine my father is the vine dresser ever branching me that does not bear fruit he takes away and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes so it may bear more fruit. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. You see, my friends, the key here is submission. There's nothing that you can do. Besides being open to the Holy Spirit. Okay, you have to be wise, you have to avoid certain things, you have to be open, say, God, here am I. I'm going to trust you to lead me, and not Peter Drucker, Rick Warren, and Bill Hybels. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to read the word, because I know that it's from the world that I have wisdom. You see, my friends. Oh, yeah. What Jesus said. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed in him. If you continue in my word, then you are my disciples indeed. That's John 8, 31. So the key here is to continue to abide in the word, in the Bible, and not on teachings of man. Crazy teachings, like the ones from Jonathan Kahn. Are you crazy? Do you think that I'm going to believe that you have special revelation? I have my Bible, that's all I need. You can't throw your book in the trash can, Jonathan Kahn. Yes, my friends. And this craziness that they're teaching in the church is about leadership, being a catalyst, changing the world. The world. Oh, I'm going to change the world for God. Uh, first of all, they don't change anything. Okay, it's just a big fat lie. The only thing they do is to get money from the poor people and travel the world. That's what they do. Enjoy, enjoy. The jet set life. Okay? No, oh, but I don't stay in a five-star hotel. I stay in the humble house of... A... It doesn't matter. You are traveling the world. You're having the life. Are you kidding? 
the disciples argue about greatness. Now there was also a dispute among them as to which of them should be considered the greatest, the one who would evangelize the world, who would be a catalyst and a leader. And he said to them, the kings of the Gentiles exercise lordship over them. And those who exercise authority over them are called benefactors. You know, benefactors, that was a title that was given to the important people at the time. You know, it's a kind of, a, you know, kiss-ass thing. Benefactor, imperial, commander of the Romans, a benefactor. I mean, politicians, they, they love to be called benefactors even today. But not so among you. On the contrary, he who is the greatest among you, let him be as the younger. And he who governs as he who serves. For who is greater? He who sits at the table or he who serves? Is it not he who sits at the table? Yet, I am among you as the one who serves. So my friends... Jesus Christ told us in Luke 22 that he was a servant. He came to serve. And those people, they want to be greater than the master. So, so you see, if people really let the Holy Spirit work in their hearts because they don't, they're completely cut off from the source of wisdom, which is God himself. God Jehovah. I'm not talking about the goddess Sophia of the Gnostics. I'm, I'm talking about the real wisdom. They are cut off from the source. They think that wisdom comes from Peter Drucker. If they had just a drop of wisdom, just this passage from the Bible would be enough to destroy the whole concept of the emerging church. But because they're blind, they cannot see. But you can. So that's why I say, the life of the Christian is just one day after the other. Trust and obey. For there's no other way to be happy in Jesus, but to trust and obey one day after the other. Flee from fables. Okay? That's my message from today. Thank you very much for your attention. I hope you have learned something. And I hope we will see each other again next week. God willing. Bye-bye.